On your Monday episode of Locked On Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays sneak into the playoffs in the least inspiring way possible, and we wouldn't have it any other way. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October the 2nd. It is Playoffs Eve. And I'm one of your hosts, Sean Woodley. I'm the host of Locked On Raptors over on the NBA side of the Locked On Network. And with me is our pal Mike DeStefano, another afflicted Toronto Blue Jays fan who I'm sure is very thrilled by the uh, really convincing fashion by which the Blue Jays qualified for the postseason uh he's of course the co-host of locked on leafs he's shaking his head it doesn't matter anymore mike they're in the playoffs it's all out the window who cares it does not matter it's just get just get in all right just get in right they they had to win one game throughout this series and they had to make sure that seattle lost one game and that was it that was the the magic number two a win and a loss and they got it done. They won. They got their dub early, and then you know they, they gave it away a chance to win it on Saturday, and then Sunday didn't matter because Seattle had already pissed away their chance uh, Saturday night, and it was already already what we knew was going to happen. But what did happen was because of the loss. Now we know it's it's not going to be against Tampa Bay, so they don't got to go down yeah. to drop. Now the Jays got the Minnesota Twins with Houston collecting a W tonight as well. Yeah, look, was I actually kind of hoping to see them play the Tampa Bay Rays to exercise some demons and because they're super injured? Yes, I was. However, am I excited to watch the Blue Jays play baseball at a real baseball stadium in the playoffs? You betcha. Uh, We're going to get into all that on today's show. We're going to get into a little quick recap of the weekend series with the Rays, which by the end meant nothing. Poor Wes Parsons. Uh, We'll also get into the playoff roster and try to align the 13 pitchers and 13 batters who will take part for the Blue Jays in the wildcard series against the Minnesota Twins beginning on Tuesday. Today's show, however, is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Mike, uh, let's dig into some takeaways from the weekend. As we mentioned, the win on Friday set them up in a good spot where they just needed either one win from their own end or one loss from the Mariners end to a Texas team that was in fact playing for stuff and eventually didn't win the division, which I kind of, kind of find very funny as a longtime Texas Rangers hater as well. Uh, the Houston Astros end up getting the, the top spot in the AL West in that clumped up division. The Rangers will take on the Tampa Bay Rays and of course the Blue Jays will take on the Twins. Um, do you have any sort of pullaways from this weekend, Mike? Maybe we just start with how do you feel about the Minnesota Twins being being the matchup for your Toronto Blue Jays. I I mean I personally wanted to see that be the case anyways. Like I, I ultimately, you know, for as as good as the the Twins pitching staff is, I think that that is probably a team that Toronto will match up better against as opposed to having to go down to the drop and play Tampa, who we just saw, you know, difficult team like injuries they they're like regardless, they're still very much the boogeyman of the of the American League East when it comes to the Blue Jays specifically. They have a really tough time winning there and having to go down there and probably play, you know, two games maybe it would have been tough. So I, I like how it turned out. I, I think the Jays have a good opportunity to go in there 
and and beat Minnesota. I mean, the series was tied at the end of the day, 3-3 three, three, um, through the regular season, and now it comes down to when it really matters, right? Here in the playoffs, let's see who can get that little rubber match, I suppose, and win themselves a spot into the uh, into the divisional round. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about the Rays and how they were, in fact, very injured. This is true. A lot of their starting pitching depth, of course, sapped Shane McClanahan, Drew Drew Rasmussen on down the line. A lot of their position players either out with injury or with crimes. And the Blue Jays have kind of had a clean bill of health for the most part this season. And they will have the health advantage going in to the Twin Series as well. The Twins have a whole lot of injuries on the go right now themselves. Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco got banged up uh, just this past week on Friday, I believe. So that's kind of up in the air. Dallas Keuchel's on the the IL. Uh, you've got Royce Lewis on the IL. Carlos Correa, he's slated to return on Tuesday from the IL, but he was uh, sidelined with plantar fasciitis. Uh, Joey Gallo's hurt. Nick Gordon's not on the team. You know, th- there's a lot of dudes who are not available. Tyler Molly, Maley, however you say it, uh, had Tommy John this year. So it's not like the Twins are rolling in with like the most healthy roster in the world. Right. Uh, the Blue Jays have the advantage there as well. And the Blue Jays should feel pretty good overall against the Twins. Obviously, I, I-, I think... Because they're part of that stanky division in the Central, there's just this sort of like icky factor to the Twins where it's like, oh, gross. They're the best team of the the garbage pile of teams. Great for them. But like they're a real baseball team. Their pitching's good. I don't think they're to be overlooked. But yeah, I think if you're the Jays, you have to go in feeling you're the favorite here, right? Well, for sure. And I would imagine that, you know, if you go and check FanDuel, we probably will see some of these odds come out for the series now that things are pretty locked in. And I'd be surprised if uh, the Blue Jays weren't the favorites to, to win this series. I know they're the sixth seed, technically, the six versus three. but On the road for all three, too. But they're the better team, ultimately. Yeah. They, they are the better team. And look, the Jays, it's not like it's not like they've had home field advantage all that much <laughs> this year anyways, right? So they've been able to win some games out on the road. So I think that they're in, in pretty good shape um, to, to do so. And look, for me, when I look at this team, I just like what I've seen over the course of the last week or so, right? After you saw the back-to-back shutouts that they put against the Yankees, you finally saw the bats start to come alive in the, in the final game against them. And then the last couple of games here in this final stretch, you know, you saw – couple of home runs at a Matt Chapman, which would be huge if you can get that back going, going into the yeah. postseason. Brandon Belt returned from injury, and you saw him have some effect, and he's getting some some Raking! Hits. Brandon Belt is Dude, raking. He's, he's been so great. good. So good. <laughs> like, Kevin Biggio is, is, has been extremely effective at the plate and on defense. Like, he's just been a really good player for mm-hmm. this team. Bo Bichette obviously has been consistent all year long. So you're seeing a lot of guys. I think Barsho even got in on the, the home run um, party this weekend. So you're seeing a lot of guys in the bats starting to come around, which is a great sign for this team, because that's always been kind of the question mark. The pitching is there, right? Gosman's going to do his thing. Bassett Barrios going back into his old barn. Hopefully he can do the same thing. Um, but can they get the offense going? And if, what we've seen over the last final, you know, five games is an indication. Even the last couple of weeks has been a little bit better. Um, I feel good about this Jays team. I really do in this series against the Twins. Because the Twins, they don't really, like, the bats aren't really there. Like, they got some pop, and I think they're, like, third in the league in home runs. But in terms of batting average and, and getting on base, they're, they're not really that great. At it. I think they have a two, what I have here, I 
two something batting average throughout the season, 21st yeah. in the league when it comes to batting average. So, you know, they're not a team that necessarily is uh, is putting balls in play all too much. So I think that bodes well for Toronto. Yeah, the thing with Minnesota, uh, you know, we talked about the pitching staff, very good. The offense actually comes in ahead of the Blue Jays just in terms of weighted runs created plus, but very close. Number six in the majors at 109 WRC plus, the Blue Jays number nine at 107. So very close there. You know, both kind of disappointing in their own ways. You know, the Jays can get on base, but they can't hit for power. It's kind of the inverse for Minnesota. And then the defense is really the big difference here. If you're looking for an edge, if you're looking for something to suggest the Blue Jays have this in the bag, uh, it's the defense. The Jays were the number three team in baseball per fangrass and defensive runs saved above average. The Minnesota Twins were 20th at a minus 28.9. The Blue Jays are a plus 6.7 per this fangraph metric. So that is great to see as far as like what wins of the playoffs, classically speaking. For sure. Like you look at the playoffs. I mean, all it takes is realistically one or two errors in a game and, and you're you're done. That's it. Ryan Goins, right? anybody? Ryan Goins. <laughs> I mean, like you could go down the list. It's gone in favor of them, too. Look at the game five, mm-hmm. right? The bat flip. That whole inning was set up by a couple of big bloopers that we love Elvis Andrews. Right? I had his jersey at home uh, just like in my, in my, in my closet because we love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> but so that like that's what I'm saying. So if if you get into a situation late in a game and someone pooches a ball and uh, you know, it extends an inning. You never know, especially with this team in the lineup, it's pretty deep. It's very balanced as well. And if everyone's hitting uh, I think that the Jays could do some damage here. They really, really can. So if the twins, if they do start booting around on the infield, that's going to be troublesome for them. For sure. And I think, you know, overall, we know it's been a maddening season. Truly one of the most frustrating baseball teams I think I've ever hitched my wagon to. Uh, always feeling like it's just now is the time they're going to get on a roll. And they never quite got on that roll. They finished with just 89 wins. It doesn't feel very inspiring. You should want more than that. You should be asking yeah. for more than what there's been the last couple seasons where they're flirting with 90. This is their lowest win total in the last three seasons. This is probably the weakest of the three rosters they've had top to bottom. And yet I feel pretty good about their chances in an AL that I don't feel like has any juggernaut teams necessarily. And they also boast pitching and defense that are among the best in all of baseball, which again, like the whole theory that all oh, the fundamentals winning the playoffs thing is sure going to come uh, under test here for this blue Jays team, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're partying tonight. If you saw the <laughs> celebration, which uh, maybe we could talk about that in a moment, but I'm I'm not a fan of that nonsense. Boo! You see, don't don't be don't oh, be a joy on. don't be a joy kill. Come on now, it's a 162 game season. Making the playoffs is in fact an accomplishment. No, I'm not going to hear this. No, uh, you not. can only have champagne if you win the World Series. Man. What is wrong with you? You just finished <laughs> pooping on him, saying, "Oh, you want to win more games? Yeah, of course." Would have been nice. You won the pennant. Would have celebrated sooner. And you won. If you won something. They didn't win anything. They luckily had the Seattle Mariners lose last night and that allowed them to clinch a playoff spot. They didn't do nothing. So to celebrate it in a loss today, I think is kind of silly. I, I I can't stand it. If it was a big blowout win and you finish on a high note. Sure. 
But to go out there, and I know that they put out a, you know, a terrible lineup tonight and they just, you know, <laughs> threw out some guys and, you know, you get a pitcher out there. Poor, uh, well, I can't remember what it's the Poor Wes, Wes Parsons. Parsons just Poor sent Parsons. out there to have his last big league appearance ever. Uh, <laughs> like, like he's it, never coming back from that one. The man. dude gives up eight <laughs> runs in like the first two innings and like, you know, you're going back out there. Keep on out there. Got to keep them right? arms fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you're, you're going out there. Like, I really don't care if, if you get tagged for 18 If nothing runs, else, I hope Wes Parsons getting loaded during the celebration. Uh, he should. He deserves it. He does deserve <laughs> it. Absolutely. I mean, for him, he can party, all right? He can party. <laughs> but everyone else, I think it's, I don't know, it's a little Bush League for me, just considering how they literally limped into the playoffs and then to party 30 minutes, not even like 20 minutes after a loss in game 162, it's a little bush league for me, but eh, I'm a, I'm well, a, it's all right, Mike. We man. we're gonna disagree on this one, and that's fine. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna say, you know, you, you have more recently been on Toronto sports radio than I have. I feel like that's still in your bones, and that's where this uh, this take is coming from. Well, what did you win? Like, <laughs> did you watch the post game celebration? Like they had no, a of rave. Of course, I didn't. I'm not watching that stuff. I'm, they had a I rave in the, the clips on Twitter. <laughs> But they have a rave in a clubhouse, and then they've got, you know, on Sportsnet, you've got Hazel May going around interviewing everybody as if they've won something. They don't win anything. They they, they get to wear October t-shirts. That is an accomplishment. Of, having playoff like, merch to sell is a thing worth celebrating, Mike. Come on not, now. It's not. But I digress. I think it's silly. Let us know in the comments below what yes. you guys think. Let us know in the Do you comments. like fun or are you a, a joy kill like our pal Mike over here? Let us know they, in the comments. They killed the joy by playing like crap, blowing it in the 10th on Saturday, <laughs> and then absolutely putting up a stinker on Sunday. It's the Jays' fault, not mine. Jeez. We've gone far too long, Mike. We're going to come back to this side and set up the playoff roster. Uh, dig into uh, the 13 pitchers and 13 hitters who will comprise the team starting on Tuesday in Minnesota at Target Field. We'll do that in just a sec. But first, must tell you about our good friends over at Game Time, who are the place that you want to be going if you're trying to find last-minute tickets, say, to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Maybe you want to take a little trek down to Minnesota this week and get tickets for the games this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Minneapolis, you can go and do that by going to Game Time and perusing all of their wonderful last-minute deals. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you get to pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That is the game time guarantee. Download the game time app and create an account and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first pitches to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, we continue on here. Mike DiStefano, Sean Woodley here to uh, lead you through the assembling of the playoff roster going into this series against the Twins. We're podcasters, Mike. We have to talk about the playoff roster. That's just the, the, the rite of passage here now that we are doing this Blue Jays show. So, again, 26-man roster eligible for the playoffs. Uh, means there's a couple guys we're going to have to get the chop from what they're currently throwing out there. 13 pitchers available, 13 position players available. We know 
the guys who are the obvious ones, right? Gosman, Bassett, Barrios, I would assume Kikuchi. We'll start with the pitching. We'll get into hitting in the back part. Uh, Gosman, Bassett, Barrios, I would assume Kikuchi for emergency slash bulk work if needed at some point in one of these games. Uh, West you you want to have sure. him there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan Romano, Eric Swanson, Jordan Hicks, Tim Meza, Jimmy Garcia, Hennessy Cabrera, and Chad Green, I feel like are the, the locks for the next sort of section. That's 11 guys. Do you have any quibbles with anyone there who's a lock? No, I think those guys are certainly due to we're definitely going to be on this postseason roster. Uh, you're not you're not throwing Wes Parsons in that list. I mean, you can throw him a bone. You know, you, you get down early in a game. You want to throw him out there to just kind of eat up some innings, save some arms. Maybe you do well, that. Well, I hope that's not the case because if, if that were the case, the Jays would be down like 13 to 1 in the second inning. That would be the only <laughs> way that, that guy sees the field. So let's not waste a spot on, on Wes Parsons. He did his job. Did his job, saved some arms, uh, you know, saved some energy for some pitchers today. But, you know, he's, he's done now. Thank you. Bye. I had a friend, like, go to the game. And it was apparently just, like, pretty grim just to behold in person Wes Parsons just getting just yeah. completely lit up by the Rays B team. Um, tough stuff. Really grim. But, hey, shout out to Wes Parsons. He pitched in the majors, which is more than you or I will ever be able to say. Very um, true. What's your sort of of those bullpen arms, right? We know with the starters, we're, I'm assuming we're going to see Bassett in game two, uh, Barrios game three. We'll see. Fun little subplot with Barrios going back to his old stomping grounds as well. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but so you got Romano, Swanson, Hicks, Meza, Garcia, Cabrera, Green. Who do you trust the most right now among those? Obviously, like bullpen trust is always a moving target. Jordan Romano had himself a couple of rough outings. He had a fine, uh, you know, clean inning on Sunday or Saturday during the extra innings game. That was good to see. Um, you know, Jordan Hicks had been absolutely lights out. He gives up a couple of runs and gets the loss in that extra innings game. That's not as great to see. Uh, where are you at as far as just like the overall trust level with these guys? Yeah, I mean, you got to have a pretty high level of trust in this bullpen. They've been able to get the job done pretty well all season. Like, there hasn't been many, you know, hiccups throughout the year once they settled in and they went out and they brought in Hennessy Cabrera, who was, was fantastic for them down the stretch. And they brought in Jordan Hicks, and Romano was pretty good for most of the part, you know, outside of that little blip he had. Uh, you know, last week. And so I think that this is a, a group that you have a lot of confidence in. Like, who do you have the most in? I guess you got to go Jordan Hicks. Like, I know that he did give up the runs the other day against Tampa in the 10th inning, but ultimately you threw him out there for a second, you know, mm -hmm. go out there, not a second inning. And he started with men on base. And it's just, it's a weird situation. And it is what it is, but ultimately, I think you still have a lot of faith in him and Romano as your your eighth and ninth guy. So you got a lot of faith in them. You saw Romano pitching the, yesterday, had a couple of ticks up there on the radar gun too. That was nice to see him get up to ninety eight, ninety nine again. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Garcia, Swanson, you feel really good about those guys. So I don't know, um, you know, right now if there's really a, a weak link, like Trevor Richards would be the weak link, and I'm not. Oh, we'll sure get to Trevor links. Richards. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, right now, the guys who we, I guess, we are comfortable with saying, yes, they're totally going to be on the roster. There's no question marks about it. There's no question marks because you have blind faith in these guys that they'll continue to perform well, just like they've done so far for the Jays this season. Mm-hmm. 
I will say, the guy I trust the most, I would trust my life to this guy. Even though he did give up a run today, which is a rare occurrence for a guy with a 152 ERA for the season. But Tim Meza, yeah. man oh man, what a season for him. A guy who, when he made the team back in uh, March, April, I was like, really? We're doing the Tim Meza thing again? This is our lefty out of the bullpen? Yeah, no, turns out they're smarter than I am. And Tim Meza is a lot better than I gave him any credit for coming into this season, a really, really awesome year for him. Again, a 152 ERA he finishes up with, and that's with giving up a run today. Uh, just a, a really, really outstanding season for Tim Mays. I'm looking, trying to find here, the total, he gave up eight earned runs all season long. Crazy. In 68 appearances. Just outstanding stuff from it Tim Mays. It gets righties and lefties, too. Like, it wasn't yeah, even like he had to be a specialist. Out. He was just, just a really, really solid season. And, yeah, you... you have immense trust that he'll be able to come in and lock things down in a tight game. And like, we know what happens in the postseason. starters only go four or five innings. So you're going to have mm-hmm. to have, you know, guys pitch in the fifth, sixth, seventh innings. So, you know, having Garcia, having Mesa, having uh, Swanson to go ahead of the Romano and the Hicks, like you, you feel good about this bullpen. It's probably the best I've felt about a bullpen, um, you know, that the Jays have been able to produce in, in many, many years. I mean, it, they feel like right now the types of teams they used to come up against in the playoffs and be horrified yeah. about, right? Like, oh no, uh, you're playing Cleveland and they have four fire-breathing dragons coming out of their bullpen and you know a game is five innings long and Andrew Miller comes in, it makes you feel the deepest depths of despair you can imagine as a baseball fan. Uh, you know, do, do they have an Andrew Miller on this team? Maybe not, but they have a pretty damn good collection of dudes and a lot of different looks, a lot of different kind of um, styles of pitcher they can throw out at different teams as well. Uh, and, and sorry, I misspoke. Tim Mesa, nine earned runs after today's earned runs. So uh, pathetic, pathetic. Cut him. Shouldn't make the roster. Uh, he's awesome. Let's get to the final two spots. Uh, there's essentially probably four guys you could say here, but it's probably more like three. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu is, was not notably one of the starters I mentioned because it's a three-game series. You probably don't really need Ryu. However, he's been good this you know since coming back in. He's been rock solid. You have Jay Jackson, you have uh, Trevor Richards, and you have Nate Pearson. Where are you coming down here on uh, which of these guys should make those last two spots? Is there any utility whatsoever to having Hyunjin Ryu on the playoff roster here, Mike? Uh, I mean, is there utility? Yes, only because it gives you like another long inning relief type of guy, I suppose would be like the reason why you would put him out there. So it's not just Kikuchi, but you're hoping you don't need a long inning relief, right? It's like, that's not what you're, you're banking on. It's not what you're praying for. If you go two games, two to three games where you need to go back into the long inning, you're probably not sitting good and sitting pretty anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, 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 because like maybe if you wanted another lefty in there might be the reason why you would put Han Jim Ryu in your bullpen. But you're not going to bring him out as like a lefty specialist. No, guy. no, you're not. But he is somebody who can come in and, and maybe he's your long inning guy, Kikuchi, who can throw a little bit harder. You can bring in for like one or two innings. Like I, that would be the only the only reason why I think he makes this roster. Like I don't have him on my final roster. I think uh, Ryu pitched his final performance as a Blue Jay this weekend. Um, you know, good career. Thank you very much. He 
you know, signed a big fat ticket years ago. Uh, and he was a, a Cy Young nominee his first season with the Blue Jays in that shortened year. And then obviously there's the sticky stuff and then the injury came and he only ended up playing half the season this year. Did his job, right? Came in and kind of solidified things a little bit with Manoa end up absolutely uh, pooping his pants this season. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's probably the end of the road for, for Ryu, at least for, you know, the short three game series. I, I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him. I would rather have someone who's got probably just some more experience out there in a relief role who you have a little bit more faith in could throw harder. Um, so I, I personally of those four pitchers that you, you brought up, I personally have Jay Jackson, and Nate Pearson as my uh, other two relievers that I got in the bullpen. I think I'm with you. Jay Jackson's just been really good, right? Like a yeah, two one two ERA. Um, you know, he he's been rock solid in his. You know, it's not like he's getting the super high leverage innings or anything like that. But 25 appearances, he's been everything you could possibly want from your seventh or eighth best reliever. That's just like a total luxury to have him also dealing when he comes in. Nate Pearson, obviously, it's been very up and down for him this season. The highlights have been very encouraging and really nice to see him kind of get back in the swing. That said, I think there is a lot of blow-up potential anytime Nate Pearson takes the mound, just because, you know, it's pretty volatile, the the whole Nate Pearson experience. Talk about volatile, though, man. Trevor Richards, in the month of September plus October, it's been grim. No Trevor Richards stock. I am I, not buying any of that any of that stock. I think again, just like Hundred Ryu. Thank you very much. You did your thing this year, <laughs> and uh, you can watch from afar. If we win a championship, you'll get a ring. But uh, that's that's probably it for for Richards. Uh, definitely, the Richards magic really seems to have dissipated after he was, he was brilliant. Great. His first brilliant half brilliant for long stretches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I do wonder, though, like this is us making this determination. I do wonder if we look at, um, you know, is is Pete Walker and is John Schneider, are they going to look at it and say, if he can get it going again, like we've seen him pitch well. And in pro sports, sometimes there's some sort of faith that we don't understand. Like last year, there was a <laughs> lot of faith in Yusei Kikuchi, and they're like, no, he's, he's a good pitcher. He'll do it. He could still get – meanwhile, everyone else in Blue Jays land wanted that guy DFA'd. Luckily, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. The clock resets come postseason time, right? The mind can reset. And maybe, maybe we do see Trevor Richards make his way onto uh, onto this roster. He's another guy who could potentially be a long-inning relief arm. Um, and I just wonder if you look at it and you say, hey, he's been with us all year. Maybe with this reset, potentially he can get back to being who he was early on. I don't know. That's just would be what I'd be preaching if I were John Schneider. If I did put him on the roster, that would be what I'd be telling everybody in the media. Yeah, I just I don't know if you can justify putting a guy on who's given up 17 runs and 12 oh, and a third in September, right? Like, I agree. I don't want to hear that justification from John. Look, if Trevor Richards makes the team, he's probably still not really getting any kind of remotely high leverage inning right i was kind of floored that he came in when he came in in the game on saturday when it was still up in the air as to whether or not they were going to make the playoffs or not for him to be the guy in out of the pen to replace ryu i was like really we're going with this and like a pretty high leverage spot he gives up the homer right away wasn't great i I just i have no trust left in trevor richards i don't think a serious team with serious playoff intentions has trevor richards the way he's pitching on its playoff roster as much as the changeup is a pitch that 
has like the highest upside of any single pitch any of these four guys possesses, I don't think it's worth it for the meatballs he's been serving up uh, for the better part of his last month and a half going out to the bump. So yeah, it sucks. It's, he's been great this season. He's lasted on the roster uh, about five months longer than I expected Trevor Richards to last on this roster, but I think it probably is time to uh, you know retire the notion that Trevor Richards is like this excellent high leverage reliever. He just has not proven capable of that and has had a really, really rough month at the worst possible time. So we're going Jay Jackson, Nate Pearson as guys 11 or 12 and 13. You heard it here first. We'll see when they announce it a little bit closer towards Tuesday. I think Tuesday morning is the deadline to announce the roster. 10 a.m. Uh, yeah, 10 a.m. There you go. Uh, we will come back and look into the position player situation. Maybe a little less contentious, so maybe a little more contentious in a couple spots. Do you need a base-stealing dude who can't hit at all? We'll get into that coming up in just a sec. But first, just a reminder, go check out our respective podcast. Locked on Leafs covers the wonderful Toronto Maple Leafs as they are wonderful. Uh, that's a word for them. But uh, the super annoying Toronto Maple Leafs as they try to go make a run and run it back again. And the Toronto Raptors, also pretty annoying right now, have media day tomorrow. I'll be there. And so I'll have an episode reacting to that on Lockdown Raptors on Monday afternoon sometime. Go check both shows out wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Mike. The 13 batters. Uh, again, there's a lot of dudes here who are locks, right? Vlad, Bo, Springer, Belt, Varsho, Kiermaier, Kirk, Heineman, unfortunately, with uh, Danny Jansen, not slated to. But maybe we like they were talking today, ALCS today, maybe. Yeah, um, if they can if make, they it, make it, it that far. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. man. <laughs> Fingers Ooh, crossed. We would cause... love Jano back. Uh, yeah. Clutch Dan would be fantastic. You've got, yeah, so Heineman's number eight. You got Kevin Biggio. He's not going anywhere. Let's talk for a sec about Biggio. We'll get to the other guys in a sec. But Biggio has gone from a guy. If we had this conversation back in, say, I don't know, May or June, I'm probably just like, Kevin Biggio, playoff roster? Ha 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 ha. What a ridiculous notion. You can't not have him there. He's like the super utility man. We all dreamed he would be one day. He's he's like living the Ben Zobrist dream, Mike. It's unbelievable. Yeah, honestly, he is. Like, I, he, he's clearly making this roster. I mean, there's a very strong chance he's a starter in this game. Like, I, I, I legitimately mm-hmm. believe, like, Kevin Biggio is someone who you want in your lineup. Like, he is somebody who's hitting the ball, seeing the ball well, and that's what you need come – you know, playoff time. Plus, he gives you that other element of somebody who can bat from the left side of the plate. And if you're going up against Pablo Lopez in game one as the projected starter, you know, I, I think that BGO has an opportunity to come in and he could potentially be that guy. Plus, BGO actually uh, got a home run on Pablo yeah. Lopez uh, earlier this season. So, you know, if that's any indication too, someone who has had some success uh, against that guy in at Target Field, I believe. Uh, where that game was played. So, dude, I think BGO's been outstanding in this second half and is one of the reasons why this team was able to kind of turn it around and get themselves into the postseason. It's weird, man. Like, realistically, you look at two guys who've really turned it around for this team, and it's Kevin BGO and David Schneider. And I mm-hmm. don't think either of those two, even themselves, would have thought that they would be legitimate, integral parts of getting this team to the postseason but they really are we will uh talk about davis schneider in a moment but yeah bgo awesome 112 ops plus in uh september october really really awesome close mm-hmm. to the season for him playing 
like just picking it wherever he's playing defensively. He's been fantastic as well. Am I yeah. being a little hyperbolic calling him Ben Zobris 2.0? Perhaps, but that's what you do when you get excited about a guy. Uh, and certainly at his best, that's the exact type of archetype he's been able to fill for this team. Loving Kevin Biggio. He is a no doubt roster player for the wild card series. You got Matt Chapman, of course. He's not going anywhere. Obviously, the bat's not been there, but the glove is essential. And he had a couple bombs over this past week of the season. So encouraging signs there. Whit Merrifield plays all over the place. Do I want him playing a lot in a playoff series? Probably not. It seems like the wit magic has very much kind of fallen off as well. I'm not super like eager to see Whit Merrifield out there for really important at bats, but he can play outfield. He can play second. He can kind of do a little bit of everything for you. He's a good base runner. Like he's going to be on the team you got Santiago Espinal Davis Schneider and Cam Eden as kind of the three final guys here Mike um where are you at for two spots between those three guys Cam Eden obviously the speedster 53 steals on like 58 attempts at AAA just he's yeah. there for he's the Terrence Gore of this team right every playoff team seems to have this sort of specialty ace up their sleeve type base runner and then you've got Davis Schneider and Santiago Espinal play similar positions. Obviously, Schneider, I guess both can kind of move around the infield. So it's kind of similar there. Uh, Schneider obviously has had a much sort of more loud and impressive season in the limited time he's been in there. However, it was a pretty rough go for him over the last few weeks of the season. He picked up a couple doubles in today's game or yeah, yesterday's game. Um, but uh, he just oh, it was today's game. Yeah couple doubles but those are his first hits since the texas series and so i don't know i love davis schneider he's been a joy yeah. the mustache is uh is a thrill to behold he probably belongs on this team over espinal just based on merit over the last part of the season i kind of have not enjoyed a single santiago espinal at bat this season but where are you at between those two considering the slump schneider has found himself in I do have him on the roster over uh, over Santiago Espinal. Um, and I, I know that he's in the slump and it's it is unfortunate. He did get a couple of doubles as he as he noted, so he kind of got out of it. Um, hopefully he can continue on uh, if he ends up getting the opportunity to be on this roster. But I think he's he's earned the chance to be on this roster. I think he's got more pop. And when you're bringing somebody in off the bench, you want to bring often someone who might have a little bit more pop to him, someone who can hit a double or hit a home run. And I think I saw the stat came out today, like 66% of this guy's hits were multi-bag hits. Like it was Crazy. insane. Like the guys just pop city. So um, I think you're going to want his bat, although he may not put the ball in play recently as often as maybe Espinal was able to do. And Espinal, I know last year was an all-star and, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a, a weird season for him. I think mean, David Schneider, you kind of got to roll with him and he's someone who can play all over the diamond also. So you can kind of, you know, once you have to put him in the lineup, you don't have to waste other defensive substitutions. You can kind of put him anywhere and he'll be all right. So I personally have David Schneider making the team over uh, over Espinal. Yeah, Espy's been a, a fun player. He was a great story last season. I just don't really think it's there for him right now. 82 WRC plus for the season, just not at all where he'd been before. No. And he finished last year as an exactly league average player too. Like it, it really has been since the all-star break of last season that the Espinal decline has been on display. And while Schneider has been cold of late, 
I'm with you. I think the pop he brings is a valuable thing to have late in the game. If maybe you're looking for a dong, he obviously has that. Um, the forearms, the size of like uh, a, a like a like a bodybuilder's legs it's crazy uh he's a monster and also the walk rate right you come into a game like having some discipline is never a bad thing i I can think back to a lot of really important blue jays playoff at bats where there just was no plate discipline whatsoever and taking bad pitches and ben revere swinging at awful pitches as a pinch hitter pinch hitter late in the game um or was he a starter in that game well there's nothing worse that year boy oh boy Um, there is nothing worse than when your pinch hitter comes in and strikes out like yeah just flailing around and davis schneider does not do that i mean he struck out he has a 31 percent strikeout rate apparently uh so well, he starts striking his thing his stri- he started striking out a lot like in this slump right he was yeah. striking a lot in the slump but early on yeah. he was a lot very of noisy sample he's got hard but. contact too yeah, he was a 22% strikeout guy in AAA this season. And, you know, 14.7% walk rate. That is twice the walk rate of Santiago Espinal. I think that's probably the thing that does it for me. It's just like he's going to have a better shot of getting on base than Santiago Espinal is. And for a late game pinch hitter, I think that's the move. I don't think there's a discernible difference with them defensively. In fact, Davis Schneider has been a positive defensive player uh, per fan graphs this season. And Santiago Espinal has been a negative defensive player. So I kind of think... It's not really a question there. I, I guess the question would be, is Cam Eden just on the roster for you, Mike? Like, you just need that base running, and that's where, where Espinal gets squeezed? Or would you make an argument for Espinal over Cam Eden? Did you consider an Ernie Clement, by the way, in this conversation at all? I did not. I did not. I suppose yeah. you could. And I guess Spencer Horwitz could also be considered as well. If they could yeah, I don't but. have him on my roster, mm. but he was in consideration. Like, I, I did think really quickly do i want to bring ernie clement up and potentially be you know one of those guys who can come in here 885 ops this year and and you know short you know only 50 some odd plate appearances but Mm -hmm. he's somebody who john schneider early on in the season leaned on often as a guy off the bench that he trusted to come in and maybe get a hit hit really well in triple a as well um he was someone who i considered but i did i did leave off the roster because I do think that Cam Eden will probably get a chance to just be their 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 bad guy, like someone who mm-hmm. can get in there and steal bases. Like we've seen here in Toronto, how important it could be late in the game for you to go out there and steal a base, right? Like, I mean, uh, Dalton Pompey ring uh, ring a bell to you. Like, yeah. I think that's kind of the role that we're gonna see Cam Eden go out there like I don't he's not gonna grab a bat uh, he finally got his first hit of his career uh <laughs> in the game on Sunday he's not gonna be grabbing any bats at any point in the series but late in the game someone gets on base uh they need a run um he's someone who definitely uh, can go in there steal a base or potentially you know go from first to third if you get on base like he is going to provide some speed on the base paths, which is something you need. You need to create runs for yourself in the postseason. They're very hard to come by. And we get someone who can, you know, pick up an extra base, whether if it's via a steal or because he got the wheels to go from first to third or whatever, um, go from second to home on a on a bloop single. That is really a an important factor to have on your bench come postseason time. So I think that he's a dude who's going to be able to do that. 
I think Cam Eden makes my team for the mere instance in which Alejandro Kirk gets on base and is in exactly. scoring position in a big position in a game, right? Like, exactly. Like far Kirk, too like, many times this year, it's been well, they can't take Kirk out; his bat's too important. Like you know, that changes in the playoffs, right? You're trying to get every single run across. Every every opportunity is golden, and you just can't have Kirk not scoring from second on a base hit. Cam well, let me Eden put, will do let that me put for this you. let me put this scenario out there, right? The Jays are down by a run in the ninth inning. Kirk yep. up the bat. He's first, you know, first uh, batter up. He hits a uh, lines a double into the outfield. Mm. Now all of a sudden you want you want Kirk sitting there on second base. Absolutely uh, not. No, no. I, I would go and get Davis <laughs> Schneider. Where now it's like okay, all we need is maybe a bunt a guy over, and then you get the one out. And now you're sitting there, and now you got a good opportunity to try and get a a, a sack fly or somebody does get a single and you can run mm. it all the way through to home plate. So I think those scenarios are going to present themselves because they always do in the postseason. So you want to be ready for it. I think the Jays would be, would, would be smart to have a guy uh, off the bench who can do that for sure. Yeah, I think just having the versatility of roster options is kind of the reason Eden makes it over Espinal because Espinal Schneider does kind of feel like yeah. a little bit of a hat on a hat, right? It's like, okay, same guy, a little bit of overlap. You've already got wit. You've already got, you know, it's not like Bo is coming out of games or anything like that for defense right. in games either. So, yeah, I Video. think Cam is on the team for sure. And Espinal, sadly, does not make it. Um, you know, we'll see. Things can change. Each each series is different as well, right? Guys get hurt. Guys go up and down. Uh, but for now, I think that's where we're going to land on who should be making this roster. We'll be back, Mike, on Tuesday to tee up the series against the Twins. How exciting. It's a thrill. The playoffs, baby. We love it. And, of course, we'll have the, the episodes recapping the games throughout the postseason as well. Mike, anything you want to promote for the good people there before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, yeah, if, if you're excited for the Jays, you know, I, I'm with you. But if you're also excited for the, the Leafs season that's about to start, you can also go check out the Lockdown Leafs podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it may be. You can also find me on Twitter. I'll be live tweeting through these Jays games as well. So come and, uh, you know, come um, uh, tweet with me, I suppose, at Mickey underscore Canuck on Twitter. X and now now x and eh, no it's not uh and as we have uh been recording the times of the games have come out 4 38 uh, p.m eastern time uh, on tuesday game one gosman pablo lopez projected to go for the twins should be a blast we will have it all teed up and ready for you as we get closer and uh, until then thank you so much go listen to locked on raptors in my case again media day tomorrow should be uh an interesting one to say the least and i'll have a podcast breaking it all down later on in the day uh but for now thanks so much for hanging out we'll talk to you on tuesday another episode of locked on blue jays Bye bye <laughs>